I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. A number of years ago, I think it was when I was in college, a movie came out called uh, Cocoon. That was a pretty good movie. Uh, I think it did well at the theater. And um, it's basically about these aliens coming back to get friends of theirs that have been stuck on Earth for a long time for some reason that I don't remember. And these old people at a retirement home end up uh, having interaction with them. And to make a long story short, the aliens... Um, they just sort of put on a, a human body flesh suit so that they would fit in. And a couple times in the film, they would take the suit off and you would just see this, you know, bright, beautiful, white, shining light and energy. And there was a couple times where they like pulled the skin down here and a little slit of that would shoot out, all right? But... That's what I realized, is that Alex, the real Alex, is a spirit, okay, that was alive before my body was alive and will be alive after my body is alive. You know, for, for centuries, we've been trying to crack perpetual motion, okay? No one ever has. I doubt they will in the natural world. But my spirit has. Uh, it, I'm made in the image of God, and my spirit is eternal. And, that, and I believe it's probably light and energy, because it says God is light, and I'm made in His image. Now, maybe that's not true. The Bible doesn't say that, okay? But anyway, whether it's true or not, it's a metaphor that helps me realize that um, almost every sin impulse I've ever had in my life and negative thing about me, Alex, in my life has been related to the 160 pounds of flesh suit that I'm in. Okay? Uh, both of my brothers were slim and trim and good-looking. I was short and fat and had a pepperoni face with acne. They never had acne. Um... I was last in my class academically. Uh, I'm dys dyslexic, ADHD. So I was made fun of in, once I started going to school in my early years of life, and that was an absolute nightmare, okay? And all of it was because I was believing that this 160 pounds is Alex, and those pimples are Alex. And, you know, well... When I finally not just not just could read or say the words, but really in my heart believed and understood, that is not Alex. Okay? Alex is a spirit that has a heart that will go with me whenever I'm done with this body and wherever the spirit goes, okay? But... I'm a spirit, and I'm being held hostage by this 160 pounds of flesh that gets cold, that gets hot, that gets hungry, 
that has inappropriate sexual desires, that wants things that are shiny and new and comfortable and wants to watch TV because my this flesh is tired and but that none of that is true of my spirit okay now in my spirit I can choose love or fear but all that negative stuff I would say 99% of all the negative all the sin all the everything I experienced in my life was related to this 160 pounds of flesh and the hormones and chemicals from it and all that. Well, that is not me. Okay? It's not me. And I'm no longer going to be held hostage. And so every day I'm going to affirm, yeah, I'm in this body, but this is not, in essence, my knee. This is the knee on my flesh suit that I'm in for 80 years or whatever, but my spirit may or may not even have a knee, all right? And that's who I really am, all right? And my spirit, if I've given my life to Jesus and He's my Lord and Savior and I'm right with God, there is no condemnation for my spirit. And even when I sin, it was not me that did it. And then later in that same passage, Paul says, who will rescue me from this body of death? And he says, thanks be to God who always leads us in victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right? But for all of that to not only be the case, but me believe, feel, and live that that's the case in reality, I've got to stop believing this 160 pounds of flesh is me, that I'm, I'm in it, maybe at times being held hostage by it, but it is not me. Paul called it the flesh or the old man and says it needs to be put to death. Okay? Now that doesn't mean I kill my body, all right? It means that I realize it's not me and I'm not giving in my spirit. In my spirit, I'm not giving in to what my flesh dictates. I'm going to live what I believe is true and right and love-based and win-win-win for everyone concerned and what is right with God, what is in harmony with love, joy, and peace because that is who, who I really am in my spirit and what I'm able to choose. In my body, if I'm living in my flesh, old man, I may not be able to choose it. And I think that's what Paul's saying with, with what I want to do is not what I do. I do what I don't want to do over and over and over, all right? Well, the good news about that is that that's okay. There's still no condemnation even when I do it. In God's eyes and book, it was not me that did it. And I am in this system of perpetual love, truth, and grace. Okay. Hope that helps. All right. Let's uh, start here. Here's where I want to start. What do you want right now 
more than anything else. But don't answer the question yet. I'm going to give you a specific way to answer it, a metaphor to help you answer it, okay? But this is where we're starting. And how you answer this question is probably going to tell you 90% or better whether you're on the fear, whether you're living primarily in fear or primarily in love, okay? Which is wonderful because sometimes if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you need to get to because I might already be there if I don't know where I am, all right? Um, when I was young, I loved the story of Aladdin and his magic lamp. My father and mother would read me that sitting on my bed, and I would say, read it again, read it again, and uh, sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't, and when I was, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure, four, five, six years old, I would walk around the yard in the neighborhood imagining that I was Aladdin, and the genie came out, and what I would wish for, you know, to, to be the best tennis player in the world, the best football player in the world, have all kinds of money, I'm, I, I don't know, uh, little kid imagining all kinds of stuff, but it was fun. It was just fun, all right? Uh, once I even went up to the attic and found an old brassy thing that looked a little bit like that, but not much. It was the closest thing I could find and would walk around with that rubbing it and imagining, okay? Well, I want to use that metaphor to help you answer this question to see accurately where you are right now, okay? So, um, here's the scenario, but don't answer the question yet, but here's the scenario. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll give you the rules later when we're ready to actually do it, but this is where we're headed, but don't answer it yet, but just sort of keep that on the back burner of your mind. All right, what, what do I want right now more than anything else? Um, one of the critical things here is what is your definition of success and happiness? Um, for most people I've worked with over the last 30 years, when I ask them, uh, what in your mind would make you successful and happy? Uh, the answer probably at least 80% of the time is physical and external circumstances. Okay? Um, a better job, more money, this health problem to go away, whatever, all right? And, um, and then some people would say, when I ask them this question, oh, uh, my relationships with my wife and my children and myself and God and, 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 and you know, and, and that might be the right answer, but then I would try to determine, okay, Maybe they gave the right answer, but is that how they're living? As if that stuff was most important to them. And the great majority of time, I found that, yeah, they answered the question right, but that's not really how they're living. As if those, primarily relationships, as if those were the most important thing in their life. In fact, they're giving those very little of their time and those things are not nearly as good as they could be, okay? If they were really prioritizing that as most important. So first of all, is what's your definition? And second, are you, if, if your definition is um, 
relationships and all, are you living that? Or is that your definition, but it's not what you're living? Okay, think about it. Okay. This is how we are made. All right? This is how you're built. Uh, this is your um, operating system. Okay? If we go to computer language. There's a mechanism in your brain called the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is connected to the amygdala, the hippocampus, your unconscious, subconscious, conscious, um, your brain stem. It's connected to... Um, uh, generational issues, or as the Bible says, sins of the fathers, okay? It's connected to all that stuff, and if the hypothalamus, the hypothalamus is kind of like a smartphone or tablet, it's always scanning for signals, okay? The body communicates with its cells and organs by signals, from the brain back and forth through the spinal cord nervous system directly and also chemical signals in the form of hormones, all right? So if your hypothalamus scanning, which it does 24-7, picks up a fear-based signature, what do I mean by that? Well, virtually anything negative comes from a root of fear, unforgiveness, Selfishness, seek pleasure, avoid pain, uh, sadness, helplessness, hopelessness, anxiety, anger, irritation, frustration, rejection, unforgiveness, judging others, all of that, all of it. And, and virtually everything you could name that is negative comes from a root of fear. We're only supposed to go here if our life is in imminent mortal danger. Okay, danger of literal physical death. The other name for this is the fear response. Well, the clinical name is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. But the, the slang name is the fear response. Okay, I call it failure because what it does when it's turned on and it's not a life-threatening emergency is the definition that virtually anyone would write out of failure, okay? So, I mean, this is first grade stuff. Uh, do you want this happening in your life? Well, that's a ridiculous question. No one would want this functioning in their life. But nine out of every 10 people that I have worked with and still meet today, and actually it's a lot more than nine out of 10, it's probably more like 999 out of 1,000, they are operating more here than anywhere else, okay? Um, my good friend, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who wrote the best-selling book, Who Switched Off My Brain, we have zero mechanisms in us for the negative. Zero. Every mechanism is for the positive. And so is this one. This one is to save our life in a physical life or death situation. Run faster, fight harder. That's what it's for, but we're only supposed to go here once or twice a year. If there's somebody chasing me with a gun or the 18-wheeler's about to pull over on me, something like that, to save my life. And, my, and it does. My unconscious mind overrides, bypasses my conscious intention 
and causes me to put my foot on the brake before I can even think the words, put your foot on the brake. And it saves my life. Okay? But this is supposed to happen once or twice a year. And then we go right back to physiological peace mode. Okay? Experts today and studies and research are saying the average person today goes here 5 to 30 times a day. And many of us are just virtually living here. Why? Because of a devolution in our memories that's happened over millennia. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years where each generation's lies and negative fear-based junk gets passed on to the next generation and then they add their own all through their life. Then they pass all that on to the next generation and on and on and on. And so we've gotten to a place where we're living here rather than going here once or twice a year to save our life, but the rest of the time staying in physiological peace. I've got a friend who's a medical geneticist and longevity researcher, and he says the human body is designed to be predominantly healthy and active for 120 to 30 years. Okay, well, what's keeping that from happening and keeping that to 75 or 80 years? One thing, stress. If you haven't figured it out, this is the stress response, the fight or flight response. Okay, but the hypothalamus doesn't put you into this mode based on what happens in your circumstances unless it is truly a life or death situation like a snake or a car thing where you'll react before you can think. Okay. It's putting us here all the time over things that are not life-threatening. A letter from the IRS, the news, someone looking at me funny in the checkout line, my lunch not being the way I want it to be, afraid that uh, one of 20 outcome results that I want for different parts of my life are not going to happen. And on and on and on. Okay? So... Here's what this one does. It dumbs you down, literally sucks away your IQ, takes away your creativity, problem solving, all that stuff, makes you sick. First thing it does is suppress or turn off your immune system because your immune system is the biggest utilizer of energy in the body. So if you need to save your life running, you don't need energy being spent in digestion or uh Uh, fixing a virus, that virus can wait 15 minutes. Okay? So it turns your immune system off or down so that if you are living here or going here 10, 20, 30 times a day, your immune system is staying off or down. In 30 years, I've asked about 200 medical doctors, if your immune system is working perfectly Is it possible for you to get sick? So far, knock on wood, every one of them, 100%, have said no. If your immune system's working perfectly, it's not possible for you to get sick. Now, 
you know, if uh, if somebody infected you with smallpox or rat poison, yeah, you might die, I mean, but in the no normal course of life, you everybody else will get sick, but you won't if your immune system's working perfectly. Well, what what turns your immune system off or down? Stress. Fear in your memories that may actually be one of your ancestors in the prehistoric age, a fear of dinosaurs. Well, I'm going through my life in 2020 with a fear that's coming from, I don't know that, but coming from a fear of dinosaurs or, or smallpox or not having a doctor out in the West Prairie when the flu would kill you or a million other things that have happened all throughout history that all, I now have remnants of all of that negative stuff in me plus adding my own. Okay? Um, Scientific American uh, had a wonderful article. It said, what, what experts wish you knew about your memories. You know what it was? that basically 50% of what you believe is true from your memory banks is simply not true. And that it would be more accurate based on the definitions of the words to call your memories illusions than it would to call them memories. Because the definition we have for memory is like, okay, I take a picture or a video and then I just re-watch. No! That is not your memories. It would be more accurate to call them illusions. Wow! And 50% of what you believe isn't true. And almost all of that 50% that's not true is fear-based, not love-based. It's tied to our survival instinct. Okay? Seek pleasure, avoid pain. And the number one job of your unconscious mind is to keep you physically alive. And it doesn't, it doesn't care so much your unconscious if it overreacts, meaning puts you in fear when there's no imminent threat. If it overreacts, you're still alive. If it underreacts, doesn't give you fear, gives you love, joy, or peace when maybe something could happen here that would hurt you, then you might physically die, which is the number one mandate of the unconscious mind, okay? And it will not violate that, your unconscious, except for one thing. And I'll tell you what that is later, probably when we're about to close this. Okay, but anyway, uh, turns your immune system off or down so that you are going to get sick as long as you stay here. It's just a matter of when and what it will be. Drains your energy. That's the number one complaint I've heard from people for 30 years. I'm just tired all the time. Okay? You know why? This is, this is supposed to be short-term sprint. 100-yard dash. And then you don't do anything the rest of the day. That's what this is. If I'm living here, the Hypothalamus sends a message to the pituitary called the master gland. Pituitary sends a message to the adrenals. And all of a sudden, in addition to um, energy signals that have a fear signature, 
I've got cortisol and adrenaline to make me fight harder, run faster. But if there's no emergency to burn up the adrenaline and cortisol, then I have all this energy for 15, 30 minutes, an hour, and then go into adrenaline overdose or crash, where a lot of people live for decades. And that's why you're so tired. Get out of this mode, okay, which drains your energy, and you've got energy, and usually energy to spare. Suppress your immune system, already talked about that. It can increase or cause almost any kind of pain as your body starts to wear down. Uh, raises your blood pressure, closes your cells. Uh, my, my friend, Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, uh, a uh, sailor biologist at Stanford Medical School, now he's out writing books and on the lecture tour, says that uh, all of your trillions of cells at any given moment are either open or closed. If they're open, they do the job they're supposed to do. They get rid of waste. They take in oxygen, ions, energy, nutrition. They reproduce. They cooperate with other cells. They're great, great cell. And as long as they're open, they can't get sick, all right? If the cell closes, it does not get rid of waste and becomes more and more toxic, can't get nutrition, hydration, oxygenation, ionization, uh, does not, stops cooperating, stops reproducing, and the odds before that cell that's closed and staying closed before that cell dies, the odds skyrocket that it will manifest a disease gene that never would have manifested any other way. If, uh, the only way it could manifest is that cell under stress for a long period of time. Okay? And so Dr. Lipton says that's the only way you can get cancer. That's the only way you can get a disease or any significant sickness if those cells are closed. Well, what closes the cells? The fear response, because the cells are battening down the hatches. We've got an attack coming, or we got to uh, get all our resources to our animalistic brain and large muscle groups to get away from something. Okay? But... What most people are have happening today is what they have to fight or getting away from was never an imminent threat. The mail, the news, somebody looking at me funny because of the devolution over time of my memories. I'm believing a lie, a lot of them. And, and it's very similar to like a computer virus, if you want to think of it that way. Destroys relationships. Why? Because I, f I feel fear, anger, depression, confusion, shame. I don't have energy. I'm getting sick. I'm, I'm beginning to have pain or more pain. So there's no way that doesn't bleed out onto my relationships. I can only smile and act nice and kind to be socially acceptable for so long before that breaks down and I can't do it anymore. Every negative... Emotion and feeling known to man comes from here. 
And this is sort of the um, all-in-one of the failure response. It causes you to do everything you do from a negative perspective internally, even if we paint on a happy face in order to be socially acceptable. But that takes a tremendous amount of energy to do. And that may suck up half of the energy you have for what you need to do today, just feeling negative on the inside, but acting another way on the outside takes tremendous energy.